34. Psalm 34. For some reason, I just felt led to read the whole Psalm 34 today. It's not very long, but it'll be good. Amen. Yeah. Stuff that we can glean from it. Hallelujah. There might be one verse that jumps out for one person, another one jumps out for another. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you as we read through Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and, uh, and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to those, uh, to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite or broken spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of the servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Isn't that beautiful? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Father, I pray as I speak the message that you laid upon my heart today, Father God, I pray your anointing would be upon me. I pray your anointing would touch every single individual in this place. I pray your anointing would reach out on the airwaves to those listening by the way of radio right now and those listening around the world on the internet right now. Father, I pray a fresh anointing upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And they all said... Hallelujah. Now, many of you know, many of you know, how many of you know that it's God's desire for his people to live a long and blessed life on this earth? Is that right? Amen. The word of God is filled with verses that express the will of God in, that, in this specific area of living a long and satisfied life. How about uh, Psalms 91.16? Psalms 91.16 says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, it's interesting, Ecclesiastes 7.17, let 
Listen to this. Ecclesiastes 7.17 says, Do not be overly wicked, or do not be wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Amen. How many of you know, how many of you heard people say, well, when you die, that's just your time. How many of you heard that before? No, the Bible's very clear that you can die before your time. Amen. Now, uh, here in, in Ecclesiastes 17, it says being wicked and foolish are scriptural reasons why you could die before your time. Uh, some die before their time because they abuse their body. How many of you know you can abuse your body? Amen. And uh, now that would, of course, fall under the category of foolishness. Amen. That's being foolish, uh, uh, abusing your body. So it's possible to go home or to die. If you're a Christian, to go home to be with the Lord, I was going to say, if you're not, well, you're going uh, on the elevator down. Amen. But listen. Uh, it is possible to die before your time because of disobedience to the word of God and our foolishness of not obeying the word of God. Uh, so what is, it says, why should you die before your time? What does it mean? What's it mean? What's the time? What is Ecclesiastes talking about? Well, I submit to you, it's talking about Psalms 91.16. Amen. With long life, I will satisfy him. So that time is long life. Amen? Come on, talk to me now. How many of you know it's not God's will for people to die of have sickness and disease? Amen? If you don't know that, you need to come to more of our healing meetings. Amen? You need to get the CD and listen to it. Because I lay it flat out. That is, it's possible to go home before living that long life before your time. It's the will of God and the desire of God for us to live a long and blessed life and victorious life on this earth. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor James, we know this. Of course we know this. Yeah, but you got to remember, there might be some here today. There might be some listening on the internet and on the radio who never heard that before. You know what I'm talking about? Some people just don't have a clue. Well, you need to know that it is God's will for you to live a long, blessed, and victorious life on this earth. Even when sickness and disease attacks our bodies, there are many scriptures in the word of God that point to the benefit of physical healing through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, of course, the purpose of living that long and abundant life is to be fruitful for God, to do the work and to fulfill the call that God has on your life. How many of you know you're not dead, just dead space on this earth? Amen? You're here. Once you get born again, once you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you have a mission to fulfill. You have a calling. Amen? And the purpose of God giving you that abundant life is to fulfill that mission, to fulfill that call, to lead others to Lord Jesus Christ, to walk in love, to help the poor. Amen? And all those other good things. If you're a born-again Christian, if you're a Christian... You are considered a minister in God's eyes. Not just me, not just full-time, five-fold ministers, pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets. No, not just full-time ministers. If you're a Christian, you all 
are ministers in God's sight. You need to look at yourself that way. And I guarantee you, when you start looking at yourself in that way, you will act differently. You will act differently. You will take your calling as a Christian more seriously on this earth. How many of you are catching it? You know what I'm talking about? Amen. So today, I want to share with you four keys from the Word of God that will help you to fulfill the will of God by living a long life and fruitful life on this earth. Four keys that the Holy Spirit gave me that, that came to me from the Word of God that I just want to share with you. Of course, there's more things other than these four that I'm going to mention. Amen. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's four things that the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart to share with you today. So let's get into it. The first key to living a long life on this earth is to be free from worry and fear. Let me say that again. The first key to living a long life on this earth, or that will assist in that, is to be free from worry and fear on this earth. You know, fear and worry is such an enemy of God and of God's people, so much so that there was no misunderstanding where fear comes. The Holy Spirit put 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Word of God. What does 2 Timothy 1, 7 say? It says, for God has not given us, who's us? Christians. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, obviously, if God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear is contrasted with he gave us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. What spirit do you think that's talking of? The Holy Spirit. It's contrasting a demon spirit of fear to the Holy Spirit of God. Did you ever catch that before? Is that new for some? Amen. Power, love, and a sound mind are three words that are describing the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit that God's placed in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, so fear is such an enemy of God. He didn't want any misunderstandings about where that fear that's attacking and tormenting you, where it's coming from. God didn't want you to say, you know, God, why are you giving me this fear? Why am I in such torment in my life? No, God wanted to make it crystal clear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Isn't God good? So if fear is not from God, it must come from Satan and demonic spirits. It's of Satan's kingdom. How many of you know there's the kingdom of God on this earth? And then there's the kingdom of Satan. Good and evil, right? Well, fear, of course, stems from the kingdom of Satan. Now, as I mentioned, there is literally a spirit or a demon of fear. And many people are, are in bondage to that tormenting spirit. And to be free from that tormenting spirit, it must be cast out of an individual. Amen? How I many you know sometimes there's a spirit of fear will come on the outside and oppress people? And a lot of times, people we've dealt with who actually have a spirit of fear that need to be cast out of them. Amen? So there is a spirit of fear. That's not just some theological uh, idea there. No, it's literally talking about a spirit of fear. Amen. Now, um, 
Now, there is a reason why the Bible encourages us as Christians not to get into fear. Number one, it's opposite of faith. Faith and fear are opposites, like black and white. Faith and fear are opposites, all right? And without faith, it's impossible to please God, okay? Number two, uh, there it is. It's impossible to please God if fear is present. Number three, fear is one of the leading fear and worry. I'm going to stick in there too because worry is just fear wrapped up in a different name. Amen? Fear and worry is one of the leading causes of sickness and disease on this earth. How many of you heard that? (laughs) Fear and worry are one of the biggest causes of sickness and disease on this earth. And you don't think the enemy doesn't know that? Of course he knows it. Why do you think he promotes fear and worry so much in our lives? When the Bible encourages us not to worry, fear not. There's a reason, there's a deeper reason that Satan and demonic spirits promote fear and worry. Because they know it can break down even your physical body. And what's Satan called? The destroyer. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said in John chapter 10.10, right? Um, So uh, let me see here. Where do I want to go with this? So fear and worry is one of the leading causes uh, of sickness and disease. Now, how many of you know, let me give you an example. How about stomach ulcers? How about acid reflux? Come on. Fear and worry in the life of a Christian will eat you alive. What's, an, what's a stomach ulcer? Your, your lining in your stomach gets eaten away by acid, right? Fear and worry. Fear and worry will eat you alive if you don't master it. How do you master it? By getting into the word of God. Perfect love casts out fear. God is love. Fill yourself with the word of God. Amen. And if you need deliverance from a spirit of fear, come see Elizabeth and I or a deliverance team in your area. There, there's a nice little plug. Now, (laughs) um, so Satan and demonic spirits know that negative emotions are not healthy for humans to hold on to. And that's why they promote them. Because their main objective, the devil's main objective is to kill you. Kill you spiritually, kill you physically, ultimately, to get you off the face of this earth so you won't be used by God to lead others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So get rid of fear and worry. If you're going to live a long life on this earth, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Amen. Now, the second key to living a long life on this earth is to control your tongue. You need to control your tongue. Look at Psalms 34, verses 12 through 13. Look at this. It says, who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Now, that is powerful. The very first thing on the list, if you, want, if you desire life or an abundant life, 
And if you want to see many days on this earth, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. That's powerful. That's the first thing that is listed under if you want to see good days and you you want a long life on this earth. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your mouth? Your words that you speak will either give God access into your life. I'm talking to Christians here because unbelievers already have, they're a child of the devil. They're a punching bag for Satan and demonic spirits. Amen? I'm talking to Christians. The words that you speak will either give access to God in your life or your words will either give Satan and demonic spirits access into your life. That simple. It's your choice. Do you want the Prince of Peace in control of your life or the destroyer, which is Satan, in the driver's seat of your life? It it, it sounds like a foolish question, doesn't it? Oh, but if you would only know what's taking place when you speak those negative words. If you're a negative person, get rid of it. You got to do some quick, quick changing. Amen? Amen. It's your choice. You make that decision who's in the driver's seat of your life, not only to your obedience to the word of God, but like I said, by the words that come out of your mouth. Go to Psalm 17. I want to show you something else here. Psalm 17. Are you taking hold of this today? Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. This is serious stuff. Some of this stuff can be life or death situation. Amen? By the way, fear and worry. Well, I'm going to get to that. I'll hold off on that. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. He knows exactly where to put each phrase. (laughs) Psalm 17, 3 and 4. Look at this. It says, you have tested my heart. You have visited me in the night. You have tried me and have found nothing. I have purposed in my mouth, uh, I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. You know, it takes a purposeful action to make that decision to not let negative words and, and evil words come out of your mouth, doesn't it? You actually, you, I mean, how many of you sometimes, sometimes negativity becomes so such, such a part of a person that it just comes out without you even thinking about it. It just goes. But here, you've got a purpose. You have to purpose that your mouth shall not transgress. So look at this. It is possible for your mouth to transgress or sin. It's possible for your mouth to transgress and sin. The Word of God tells us to let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Corrupt communication is anything that's contrary to the word of God. Anything. It's not just four-letter words. Amen? Anything that's contrary to the word of God. So, uh, so not only bad words and dirty jokes are corrupt, but about, what about words of doubt? Words of doubt against the word of God. In God's eyes, that's corrupt communication. Amen? I'm taking you up the mountain at a different angle to get another view of it. Because a lot of times we just thought of corrupt communication as, well, you know, I'm not saying the F word. I'm not, I'm not telling dirty jokes at work. Yeah, but how negative are you? How, how much doubt's coming out of your mouth against the promises of God? See? 
That's corrupt communication also. Amen? So not only will the words that you speak affect the quality of life, but the words that you speak to others will affect the quality of their life. Now, this is the truth. Your words can build others up or it can tear them down. Parents, listen up. Grandparents, listen up. Amen? And that goes with any, any other person. What are you like toward others? What words are coming out of your mouth toward others? Are you edifying them, building them up, or are you tearing them down? A, the Word of God says, a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Your words of faith and encouragement to the sick and diseased can mean life or death. And now I'm even talking to some doctors who may be listening to me on the radio or on the internet or maybe who are here. Because how many of you know a doctor's words sometimes can turn the tide on a situation? If a doctor says you got, I talked about this in the healing meeting. I said, how many times have I seen when a doctor gave a death sentence that you'll be dead in six months? Almost right on the day that person dies. Why? Because they bought the bait of those negative words instead of the word of God and what the word of God has to say. They let fear come in. They let worry come in. Amen? Amen. So that is why it is so important for you and I to surround ourselves with faith-filled people who will speak the word of God over your life. I'm a big one on this. I hammer you guys with this. We need to have Christian interaction with other people. Start a Bible study at your home. Don't be a lone ranger. It'll be a tough road. Surround yourself with Christians, even Christians who are more mature in the Lord than you, who, who can, you can be accountable to, who will build you up, who will speak blessings over your life. Amen? Because listen, if you are willingly hanging out with people who constantly speak negative words, now the key word is if you're willingly. How many of you know if you're in a workplace, you really don't have control over that, over what someone else is doing? Amen? I said, if you willingly hang out, if you willingly hang out with people who constantly are negative, uh, you, you are giving them permission or access to your spiritual life. Bad company can corrupt good manners, the Word of God says. How many of you knew that verse? The Bible is very clear on who you hang out with will affect your spiritual temperature as a Christian. Amen? That's just a fact, Jack. <laughs> Hallelujah. So surround yourself with other Christians. Some people say, well, you know, I feel inferior to other people who knew, know more than me. Well, that's the point. Surround yourself with people who know more than you so they can mentor you. And you can learn more. Get rid of the pride in your life. Amen. Amen? Surround yourselves with other Christians. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So now, uh, so if you're willingly hanging out with people, unbelievers, your buddy-buddy with unbelievers as a Christian, and you're hanging out with them, you're giving them access to your spiritual life. And it could be highly dangerous. Have you ever heard of the term soul tie? You heard of the term soul tie? All right. 
Soul ties are formed in relationships and friendships. You can, either, you can also form a soul tie to an object. Well, what do you mean, Pastor James? Well, first off, just a quick crash course here. There are good soul ties, and there are what we call evil or ungodly soul ties. What's, the, what's a, a good soul tie? A husband and wife. Under the marriage covenant, they had sexual relations. There's a soul tie that's formed between a husband and a wife. What's an evil or ungodly soul tie? When you're fornicating. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Now, uh, so there's good soul ties, and there's what we call evil or ungodly soul ties. An evil or ungodly soul tie is a bridge that is formed emotionally between two individuals or even an object that give the demonic access to your life. Are you catching me? Now, uh, an evil or ungodly soul tie must be verbally renounced to have its power over you broken. Quite often in deliverance, well, always in deliverance, Elizabeth and I, when we go through the renunciation of things, renunciation of, of, uh, of generational curses and all that, we always lead people through a prayer to renounce ungodly or evil soul ties. And people... I mean, have you ever heard of a person before who, who said, you know, um, maybe they're in a, fornic- they're in a relationship, sexual relationship outside of the marriage bed, and they want to separate that relationship, they break up with that person, and they say, it's like, I'm obsessed with that person, I can't stop thinking about him, I want to run back to him, I, and there's almost like an invisible power that's always like a magnet trying to draw them back. Well, there's a soul tie that was created between that individual and the other one. An evil or ungodly soul tie. It's a demonic. It's a, it's a bridge. An evil or ungodly soul tie is a bridge for the demonic to attack your life because of that soul tie. Are you following me? Amen. And if there's an evil or ungodly soul tie to an object, that object must be disposed of for its power to be broken over you. Now, you're probably wondering, what, give me an example. Okay, an example of an evil soul tie to an object is say you're married and you still hold on in your possession a love letter from an ex-boyfriend. Or you have a piece of jewelry that you don't want to part with from an ex-lover. How many of you know, what did I say an evil soul tie is? It's a bridge that brings the demonic, allows the demonic to come over and attack you. And how many of you know, some of marriage problems could be stemmed from that reason. Pretty deep, isn't it? Huh? But it's real. It's real. So I'm going to be getting it more into teaching on, on uh, soul ties and stuff when I teach on deliverance and stuff and at healing meetings and other things. So stay tuned. Now, number three. The third key to living a long life is to live a life within the boundaries of the Word of God. Live a life of obedience. Pretty simple, isn't it? How many of you know the Word of God with the commandments and everything, what it's really doing is it's setting boundaries for you and I to live our life, right? That's what it is. That's all it is. It's setting boundaries. Psalms 34, 14 says, to depart from evil 
and do good. Now, we need, I want to crawl into this area about the fear of the Lord. We need to maintain the fear of the, well, I thought you said fear wasn't of God. Well, this is a different fear. I'm talking about reverence for God, respect for God. How many of you know there's different kinds of fear? There's a natural fear where someone comes up behind you, boom, spooks you, and you get scared. That's a natural fear. Then how many of you know there's a fear with an edge? There's a tormenting fear, which is a spirit of fear, demon of fear. Then there's fear of the Lord, a reverence for him, a respect for him, a respect for his commandments. It means this. What does it mean to fear God? It means to hate everything and anything that would displease God. Everything God loves, you love. Everything God hates, you hate. Amen? And uh, it means to love righteousness, right living. It means to hate sin. Anything that would displease God, get it out of your life. Psalms 34, 7. Psalms 34, 7. If you have your Bible, you can go there. There it is. It says, the angel of the Lord and camps all around those who fear or reverence him and delivers them. So now, it's good to know that God literally assigns his angels and his presence is there to encamp or surround those who fear him. But you know what? If you don't fear God, I'm talking to Christians now, if you don't fear God, if you don't reverence and respect him, respect his word, you cannot claim that blessing. So many Christians think they can flippantly just claim a verse without fulfilling the if and then. How many of you know, and I, this is one of the things that I always stress, we have a responsibility to play in the matter, don't we? It's not just automatic. The angel of the Lord encamps all those who fear him. So if you don't fear him, the angels of the Lord won't encamp around you. It's that simple. Now, what would be the case where there is a Christian family, they go to church every Sunday, they go to church on Wednesdays. What's an example of a Christian family but they don't fear or reverence God. Let me give you something. How about allowing music, television shows, movies, books, magazines, and even objects into your home that's doorways for the demonic? Hello? Are you catching on? I'm talking to Christians here. I'm not talking to unbelievers. Because unbelievers have no part of that. They don't fear God. They're out living like the devil, Right? I'm talking about, about Christians who lack the fear of God, participating in Halloween. Amen? Now, uh, now, we know that there are movies, music, books that are blatant and blasphemous against the Word of God, right? But there are some other objects that might not be as noticeable to those, to those of you who, who really don't know much about the occult. Or spiritual warfare kind of things. For example, some objects that are classified as art 
are what the Bible calls accursed things. Do you remember that story, uh, the account about Achan in Joshua chapter 6? He took an accursed thing. God said, don't take that thing. Guess what? He took it and he buried it, and it brought a whole bunch of trouble on the children of Israel. I said it brought a whole bunch of junk on the children of Israel, God's chosen people. I'm talking to Christians here. So there are some things that are classified as art that the Bible would call an accursed thing because they were made for occult purposes. Uh, maybe Indian artifacts that you have in your home. Some of those things represent a God to the Indian people, and you have it in your home, and you don't even know that, and it's bringing a curse on your home. How about this? Trolls. How many of you think that the trolls, little troll dolls, are the cutest little things around? Huh? Good. I'm glad there's no hands because you know, <laughs> you know better than to raise your hands now, don't you? Well, trolls represent an incubus spirit. What's an incubus spirit? An incubus spirit is a demonic spirit that masquerades as a male and comes to have sex with people in their dreams. There have been many, many case studies and instances where, well, we've had a few uh, where a parent would call us and say, my little girl is, is being tormented in her dreams. She tells me that some man comes to her in her dreams and wants to have sex with her. My, I say, does she have trolls in her room? There have been times where there was. Why? Because it's a legal right. It's an accursed item, and it's a representation of the occult, of the incubus spirit. Now, how about fairies tied with magic? Anything tied to magic in the occult needs to go. These items have demonic spirits attached to them. Ouija boards, tarot cards, Dungeon and Dragons, Harry Potter books and movies, video games that are full of sex, violence, and the occult. Any of these things will take that hand of protection off of your home and off of your family. Now, this is a serious thing. Don't be deceived as Christian, as a Christian, if these items are in your home, God's hand of protection is lifted. Because God can't bless sin. Amen? Say it with me. Say, God, God. Will, not will not, cannot, cannot. Bless, sin. bless sin. It's impossible. impossible. Keep that in your memory bank. Some of you here in this place, some of you listening to me around the world and on the radio, need to do what we call some spiritual house cleaning. Spiritual house cleaning. One of my minister friends that I was talking to at Bob Larson's conference in Holland this week uh, told me about a story about a woman who came to him. Uh, he was in a certain city. I believe he was in South Africa. He was doing a conference, spiritual warfare conference. And he was teaching on, on this, this kind of a thing. And this woman came up to him and said, you know, there are things happening in my house. She said, objects would move by themselves without anyone touching them. Like things would just fly off the table. By the way, that's a poltergeist spirit. When, when objects move, that's a demon of poltergeist that does that, and it's very real, by the way. Amen. Ouija boards and all that are real. Stay away from them. Amen. And she said the television would turn on by itself. It says lights would flicker on and off by themselves. No one touching the switch. And her daughter was having terrible nightmares. 
And my friend asked her, he said, is there any items in the house that would open the door to demonic spirits? And she said, well, I don't think so. I don't think so. And so the woman asked my friend if he would come over to her house with some other ministers and pray over the house. He agreed. When he arrived, first thing he walked in, he said he prayed that the Holy Spirit would lead him to anything that was given those demons legal rights to be in that home. How many of you know demons can not only indwell a human body, but they can indwell physical locations? Man, amen. Uh, a lot of times, uh, very uh, a case of, of where that's so is sometimes. You, you ever heard of haunted houses, right? That junk can be real. Now, they're, they're not good, but I'm telling you, they're real, like someone who maybe committed suicide in a certain location. There's been times in houses where they said, hey, we see someone walking down the hall. We see this apparition. You know, things are happening in the home. What's going on here? Well, come to find out, they found out that something happened in the home, and it's given a demon legal right in that home, and it, they, that needs to be cast out of that home. Now, anyways, my friend went to this house. He prayed that the Holy Spirit would lead him to any object. The Holy Spirit then led him into the little girl's room to a big CD case, okay? And he picked out some CDs. He really felt like something in here is not right in the CD case. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. He just felt like in his heart that he had to do that. He was taking out CDs, and sure enough, on the bottom of the pile, there was a hard rock CD that had the words witchcraft and occult written on the cover, they got rid of that, prayed over the house, no problem since. How serious is this? Very serious, very serious. Someone evidently brought that CD into the home, and it gave the demon a legal right to gain entrance into that home, into that family. Now, if you're having any of those problems in your home, come and see us. Amen? Because I don't care. I'll cast them out of people. I'll cast them out of homes. Amen? Glad to do it. Praise God. Uh, there's another story about a woman who had severe migraines and, and very serious health problems when she moved into a new home. She moved into a new home and boom, just like flipped a switch, she was having migraines and terrible health problems. And to shorten the story, uh, she learned about this area, spiritual warfare. She prayed over the home. Sure enough, she found the Holy Spirit led her to a closet. There's a book on Freemasonry up in the closet. Got rid of it, prayed over the home better now um so we need to fear and reverence the lord enough to get rid of the spiritual garbage in our homes and in our lives can you agree with that that then will lead to the blessing and protection of the lord being upon us and our family hallelujah last point the fourth key to living a long life is to seek and pursue peace in your life, you need to live stress-free. Now, fear and worry kind of covered that, but I'm kind of taking a different angle on this one. Amen. You need to seek and pursue peace in your life. You know, even a strong piece of wood or steel will break if it's put under too much stress. Is that not right? Look at the World Trade Centers. Amen. They thought that thing would never come down. No, but enough stress, eventually it will. Eventually you will. Now, um, 
So, and that's the importance of having Christian friends, like what we talked about, and influences in your life to help you stay strong in your walk with the Lord. You need them to build you up. You need that accountability. You need that reinforcement because you're not going to be able to handle everything on your own in life. Have you figured that out yet? Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12.1 talks about laying aside every sin and every weight that are holding you back in life. So where do we need to seek peace from? Seek peace in your relationships with others. Walk in forgiveness. If you have an issue with someone, go to them. Deal with it. Don't hold on to bitterness, unforgiveness, and resentment. Let it go. Amen? Christ went to the bloody cross to forgive you of sins. You can forgive others. It's not a stretch for you. Amen? Next, next, seek peace with yourself. How many of you know you can hold unforgiveness toward yourself? Amen? For the stupid things you may have done. Move on. Move on with life. Amen? There's, God's got some wonderful things in, uh, ahead of you in store for you. Sometimes we can be our worst enemies. And I'm talking to all the perfectionists that are listening to me right now. Amen? Do we have some perfectionists out there right now? Yeah, I know, I, I know it. All right, Psalm 29, 11 says this. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. I want you to notice that peace is referred to as a blessing. Amen? A blessing will always promote life. Therefore, the more peace you have... And the less worry you have as a Christian, the better your health will be, the better your quality of life will be. Amen? There must be peace with God in your life. Get right with God. Amen? Get right with Him. Let go of the things that are holding you back with God. There must be peace with God, peace with others, and peace with yourself. When you get to that point, you will be living the abundant life that Jesus came to give you and I on this earth. Amen? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we know it's your will for each and every one of us to live that long and abundant life. Father, you don't want us to go home to be with you before our time. Too much work to be done on this earth. Now, maybe there's some in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this building without making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. If you're unsure of your salvation, you think you said the sinner, you think you're saved. Well, that's not good enough. Uh-uh. If you're not a Christian or if you're not sure of your eternal salvation, if you were to take your last breath right now, if you don't know you'd be going up, you need to come to this altar right now and I want to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life and to know that you know you're going to be with him in heaven for eternity. Maybe there's someone here, you've been a Christian for a while, but you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You're lacking something in your life. You're like, you know, this Christian walk almost seems boring. It almost seems mundane. Oh, brother, sister, you haven't received the Holy Ghost baptism yet. You need to come to this altar 
And I want to lay hands on you to receive him, the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses unto me. Oh, there's a greater level of power that you can walk in. Come forward if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Lastly, maybe there's someone here, you have a physical infirmity in your body. You have a sickness, you have a disease, a pain, whatever. You need to come forward for healing, for prayer, or for prayer, for healing. Now, maybe you just need someone to agree with you in your life. Maybe you're having a struggle with something. Maybe there's something going on in your family. Maybe something's happening. You just need someone to agree with you. I want to open the altar and have you come down. I want to pray with you. So for those things, I want you to come down and meet me at this altar. Otherwise, I'm going to leave the altar open. Just worship the Lord as the music plays today.
God is a God of power. Amen. He's a God of power. Believe with me as I pray. is impossible for our God. Amen? Nothing. that a beautiful song God of miracles come and visit us by the way I'm I'm gonna be uh, uh, scheduling the next healing and miracle service very soon I'm just waiting to get into the new building and uh, which of course we are only a couple weeks away from that are you guys excited for that new building yes. hallelujah How many here? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.